This fucking guy. Hello, my little cinnamon raisin oatmeals. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care. If self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and P-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. Jealousy, Ren Martinez. Turning saints into the sea, Ginger Golub. I just sounded like I was advertising a perfume. <laughs> Have you... Now, this is an unofficial scream into the void. Have you noticed how fucking buck wild perfume ads are lately? Lately? I think you mean the whole time. I mean, it's been the whole time, but I feel like they're really relentless now. Like in the pandemic, you can't walk through a mall and like accidentally spray yourself. Like you can't smell anything right now. We're all wearing masks. So they're like, we have to amp up this visual medium. Let's make it weirder. Daisy, 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 Daisy. What the fuck? Uh... I would, the only thing I would object to that is that you can definitely smell Beth and Body Works through a mask. Oh, absolutely. But Beth and Body Works is just a cacophony of smell <laughs> regardless. Yeah, no, perfume ads are great because basically you just need some lady in a dress or taking off a dress or some dude jumping into an ocean. Um, there's a lot of like, fluidy visuals of like sheets in the wind wet ripples on the water just random light bits it's like that zane video what was that zane malik video it was that mm, you're zane- putting much more thought into this than any of the pillow talk any- okay so yeah he did this he did pillow talk which was actually a really good song and yeah the the whole music video is a perfume ad because it's just like weird abstract visuals wavy lines strange shapes jealousy by red martinez (laughs) (laughs) uh so on that note is there anything you uh want need have to scream into the void i do i have to talk about my favorite racist gremlin ben shapiro Mm. Oh, that one. Because he has said some very dumb shit lately. Oh, no. Just very dumb shit. What he um, But also getting roasted. Roasted like peanuts. Hold um, on. Hold on. Let me enjoy this to the fullest. Ah. What a beautiful uh, sound. Podcasting. So, of course, um, there was this whole trial thing that was going on recently that had sort of a verdict that was kind of important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. for anyone who doesn't know, I'm talking about George Floyd. But because again, I don't know about the context of the date of this let's, episode. Let's be very clear: George Floyd was not the person on trial. He was it not. Was, well, he was not the person on trial. He was trial. not supposed to be the person on trial. The cop who killed him guilty in all three counts because, like, he straight up murdered that man. He you did. Know. Hmm. He uh, murdered the dude. And uh, there was a tweet that Ben decided to respond to um, that was quoting CNN's Don Lemon, who said, justice has been served, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty solid statement. It's not even that, like, ornamental. It's just kind of like, justice served, done. Ben, of course, has a lot of opinions. And so he replied to this going, and we all know he would never have said that. Had the reverse verdict been reached? Yeah, yeah, Ben. <laughs> Which, like, 
all of the internet, there's like so many replies to this, but all of the internet is like, yeah, because if it had been reversed, then justice would not have been served. That's how opposites work. Yeah. Yeah, bruh. It's, It's almost like a murderer being convicted of murder is different. From a murderer, a murderer not being, being convicted of, murder. of murderer. Um, mm. Yeah, so there's been a ton of just people roasting him alive. And it's been beautiful because Ben Shapiro is a smart person for dumb people. Yeah, that's a good way to describe mm. it. Somehow. Somehow. And then, of course, this came out today. <laughs> um, And it's just, it's just so... Mwah. But I I don't he is a satire of himself and I appreciate that about him. So I'm going to send you this tweet of this video. So you you're going to watch it and then you're going to describe it for everybody. All right, as you can see, I just went shopping at Home Depot. You should do the same. This boy, this boy, this magnificent piece of poplar is now mine. <laughs> I've never been so excited for you to splice something into the episode. Oh, uh, yeah. So um, if you would, if yeah, we, we've, we've listened to the audio, but why don't you describe what you're seeing to, to our is, viewers? This is Ben Shapiro. What is he holding? One piece of wood. He's holding one board of wood with a little Home Depot bag, like, <laughs> like a shitty little condom kind of garnished on the end. A Home Depot receipt in the other hand. <laughs> dressed like every dad at Home Depot on Sunday, just looking into the camera going, I got this magnificent board of wood. This almost makes me think he's self-aware. First of all, I ha- the, 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 the plank of wood in the video is like... This one? This board? Th- this board is like eight inches by like two and a half feet. It is not like anything you do anything with. How small with. do you think he is? First, that is a tiny imp. He is a tiny, tiny little ha- like house elf of a person. Okay. Trust, he's a tiny house elf. Um, so the context of this clip doesn't help because the whole thing was that leftists are mad at Home Depot for some reason. I don't know. We're mad about so many things. I did not yeah, actually get the monthly true. memo about Home Depot this time. You know, the listserv sends out too many emails, so I just yeah. can't keep up. But we're outraged about Home Depot, apparently. And so he's like, you all, followers, people who listen to me. I'm sorry. That's not what he said. So everyone, you have to go shop at Home Depot <laughs> and support Home Depot, guys, because the woke leftists want to ruin Home Depot. So to prove his point, to support Home Depot, he just went in and went, a wood, please, <laughs> and just grabbed a piece of wood. I would like one wood. Just one wood <laughs> to prove his point, to support Home Depot. And I'm just like, oh, boy. And so, again, there's a lot of people replying to it at a... This one in particular, like, it's like, the libs destroyed by a man supporting Home Depot, who inadvertently proves he never goes to Home Depot. Because <laughs> I don't think he's ever been to Home Depot before. I don't know why he posted that thinking anybody was going to give a shit. I don't know why he does most of the things that he does. Money. Hmm. <laughs> most of it is money. Most of it is money. <laughs> I mean... 
you and I honestly could make a whole ton of money if we gave up this whole having morals and a conscious mm-hmm. thing and just became conservative shills. It is definitely like a lucrative game. I'm rethinking some stuff. I'm making sure that it's not the right thing to do. No, it's not the right thing to do. God oh, damn it. It's not the right thing to do. Yeah. <sighs> this is as good as a time as any to just remind our listeners that we we love you so much, listeners. We are still not doing fucking Blue Apron ads. So, like, not one. Con- consider sharing this this beautiful ad-free podcast with your friends. We just want to know that we're going into ears. Mm-hmm. I I love going into ears. It's my favorite orifice. No, it's nasty. Oh God! When you say anyway, it. <laughs> it's nasty when you say it. Ugh, um, no, don't like it. Nope. Time for some therapy. All right, Jen G. I think it's time for you to tell me about this a fucking guy. Okay, so I I had. I had every intention. I was, like, full of righteous indignation. Um, I was going to do an episode on the history of policing. I keep teasing that I'm going to do that, and I will someday, listeners. But Can uh, you do that in an episode? One episode? We've done two-parters. Yeah, I imagine that would be a two-part episode. The only other two-parter we've ever done is Michael Bloomberg. Is Bloomberg. (laughs) Possibly our least listened-to episode, but most underrated episode. (laughs) I'm sorry, guys. He's just that terrible. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. Um, But as you have suggested, that seemed like a fucking undertaking. And I am emotionally exhausted. And I assume you, dear listeners, are also emotionally exhausted. So instead, I'm going to do something dumb that doesn't matter. Yay! And my Richard Gardner episode went over so well with our nasty, nasty listeners <laughs> talking at you, Sailor Moon, um, that I have decided to do yet another episode on a forefather of psychology. Oh, there's they're almost all bad. There's not any good ones. There really isn't. <laughs> Franz Anton Mesmer was born... <laughs> ah! I don't actually know a lot about this, but I know... Mesmer, I know that word, so mm-hmm. I am excited because this is getting you know that wor- my niche interest, my niche interest. I have ADHD and I love this shit. <laughs> anyway, continue. Mesmer, he's a man that was born. He was born to a forest warden and a locksmith's daughter on May 23rd, 1734 in the quaint village of Isnang in what is today Germany. That sounded so fucking quaint. So goddamn quaint. If you remember nothing else about our Wagner episode, um, well, the thing that you took away from that almost certainly is not that Germany used to be a bunch of independent states, but it was, and this one was Swabia, in case you care. Oh, all right. He attended the Jesuit schools. Obviously, I copy-pasted that and then edited it. He attended the Jesuit schools. All of them. All of them. All of the Jesuit schools, and in 1759, he began to study medicine at the University of Vienna. Seven years later, which feels like a long time to be in medical school, especially in the 1700s when nobody cared. You know, he's just taking his time. I Doesn't want to rush. Um, 
But yeah, in, in 1766, he published his dissertation on the influence of the planets on the human body, or the Latin equivalent of that, which I refuse to attempt. <laughs> in his dissertation, he examined how the moon and the planets impacted the human body and on disease. He was less rooted in astrology, like less your moon's in Capricorn and your kidneys are failing, um, and more rooted in... <laughs> In the flimsiest understanding of gravity, because Isaac Newton had, like, just become a thing. Um, so, specifically, he believed that the gravitational pull of the planets moved an invisible liquid in the body and caused anatomical tides. I mean, sure. Sure. I mean, it's better than throwing leeches at everything, I guess. I think that this was maybe just at the time where they were just beginning autopsies and they were like, we're not sure what's going on All in there. That, everything in here is squishy and wet. It could just be kind of a beach in there. And it's really funny because it's like, this is the 1700s, but it's honestly not that different from fucking like ancient Greece, B.C., because mm -hmm. they were the people who were like, oh, yeah, there's like humors and weird invisible stuff also uteruses just fucking float around in there. They're just, just all over the place. They just wander around. Mm -hmm. Gotta gotta stick a tile on one of those to find it. Mm -hmm. Track it with your phone. The ancient Greeks tracking you dry with their phones. <laughs> like you do. What the fuck is that thing? How's that in my elbow? <laughs> God damn it. Much like several other fucking guys we've discussed, Mesmer's weird wrong idea may have been plagiarized directly from one of Isaac Newton's friends, English physician Richard Mead. But, according to Wikipedia, no one gave a shit at the time because doctoral theses weren't really expected to be original for some reason, I guess because they couldn't check them. Well, yeah, Even it takes remotely. like eight years to check anything, and then by right. that time they're like, eh. Meh. Meh. Mesmer had a rich and storied personal life. In January 1768, he married a wealthy widow named Anna Maria von Posch. And established himself. That sounds like a wealthy widow. Oh yes, von Posh. <laughs> von Posh. I'll. I will absolutely like be your pet. I be my sugar mama. Mm -hmm. I'll be your sugar baby, von Posh. Why? Why am I certain she's hot? Because she is. Yeah. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, he established himself as a doctor and man about town in Vienna. The couple summered on a fancy country estate, where they even, maybe probably, hosted one of Mozart's operas when the composer was just 12. Mozart just kept hanging out with Mesmer, I guess, and later uh, referenced him in his opera, Cozy Fantuti. It's probably pronounced differently, but the best I can attempt is... Cozy fan tootie. Uh, Mozart wrote a lot of shit, so... He wrote a lot of shit. He wrote some nasty... He was nasty. Nasty operas. In 1774, Mesmer was treating a woman named Francisca Osterlin, who suffered from... Wandering uterus. Yes, hysteria! Yeah! Hysteria! Um... As as we have discussed, dear listeners, hysteria could mean literally fucking anything. Um, but her specific symptoms were, quote, 
constant vomiting, inflammation of the bowels, stoppage of urine, excruciating toothache, earache, melancholy, depression, delirium, fits of frenzy, cataplexy, fainting fits, blindness, breathlessness, and lameness. Okay, so this lady kind of sounds like you, in that everything's <laughs> going wrong. <laughs> Just fucking everything is going wrong. I was thinking she sounded like the dead parrot from the end of your last episode. Just like, sir, this woman's been dead for years. <laughs> well, I was just like, the only thing I, 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 the first thought I actually had during that very long list was like, well, at least it's not like she leaves her gloves at strange men's house. She laughs too loud. She has opinions. Yes. She, she appeared to actually be sick. <laughs> So there's that. Um, for two years, he used standard medical treatments of the time, including bleeding her and therapeutically blistering her for, for two goddamn years. I wonder if that was one of the reasons that she had melancholy. Yeah. I, it's a, why would anyone go see doctors? This is why people were into cocaine and like opium. Well, in at least I'll feel good. Probably all of the cocaine was why some of this was happening. Maybe the mm-hmm. fits of frenzy. That's just a manic episode. It's, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Then he talked to this Jesuit priest slash astronomer. And he was like, ironically named priest Maximilian Hell. Do you have any tips on how to cure woman problems? And Father Hell was like, dude, you know I do not. But what about magnets? <laughs> He's like, I'm a fucking Jesuit priest. I don't know any of that shit. I don't know about vaginas, but you know what I do know about magnets. Magnets. I don't, as a former Catholic, I, I know Jesuits are slightly related, but like, I don't know fuck all about them. I think they're just sort of like weird, obsessed Catholics. I think they Quirky, were the Catholics. obsessed Catholics. I think that they're the ones who opened a lot of schools. I mean, there's, I mean, Catholic schools are a thing, but Jesuits are like a specific thing. I think yes. they're, I think they're like, you know, that cousin that comes from like, they've taken like a six month, like van trip across the U.S. and did a ton of peyote mm. and like saw God. That's like the Je- Jesuits. Jesuit listeners, if you exist, please write in and let us know. Mm. And share some of that peyote. Share some of that peyote. Um, so Father Hell suggesting magnets. Like a normal person who is not at all a nasty boy, Mesmer got her to swallow a liquid containing iron, and then he put magnets on various parts of Osterlin's body. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Now, are you also imagining one of those children's toys where you have the little face and you use the wand to move mm-hmm, magnet shavings mm-hmm. over it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And give it a mustache? Yeah. Yeah. Well, allegedly she was cured. Oh. Or or at the very least had a little mustache. Um, or died. And- <laughs> well, no. I think death is a cure. Well, no, because fun fact or weird meat cute, she went on to marry Mesmer's stepson. Your dad put iron in me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh. What a, those would be very strange family dinners. Uh, could you imagine, I'm sorry, just to derail, could you imagine if DJ Senior, mm-hmm. like, 
if if DJ, sorry, if DJ happened to marry one of DJ Senior's patients, how fucking weird that would be. Oh, he said one of the reasons that he moved away from New York was because, like, every woman he met on Long Island was like, oh, yes, your father's seen my vagina. He was, <laughs> I, oh, I need to mention, my father-in-law's an OBGYN. He's not just a pervert. He's an OBGYN. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, I think that's, DJ's like, you know what, I, I don't have, I, it's not that I don't have standards, but one of them is definitely to go where my father has not gone before. Yeah. Um, what a I bar. think that's reasonable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine that on a Tinder profile? <laughs> this is a picture of my dad. If he has been just anywhere up in there, <laughs> please swipe left. Swipe left. In 1775, Mesmer made a key tweak to his theory of animal gravitation, which then became animal magnetism. Mm. So what is animal magnetism, you dear listeners are no doubt asking. Um, if we're honest, like it's va- it's vaguely just like the theory of chi, but with more problems. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because the white people got to the it. The white people did. Yeah. Um, so it's one step away from that theory that the planets moved invisible liquid in your body. It's just that now he believed that magnets could move the invisible liquid in the body. So he thought that animal magnetism could be activated by any magnetic object and could be done by any trained person. In terms of how this fit into health and well-being or whatever, uh, this was summed up in Mesmer's statement there is only one disease and one cure. Ooh, cure-alls are bad. Mm. 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 Cure-alls don't cure anything. Um, it's, it, I'm just trying to think about this idea that magnets and planets move an invisible liquid. Yeah, I don't know why it had to be they invisible. You can't see... So how do you know it's moving? Well, like, okay, so I this is obviously a whole bunch of bullshit, and we will get to I mean, why yeah. it's a whole bunch of bullshit. At least in this case, I'm not trying to, like, slag off Chi. That's, you know, that's his own thing. A lot of people have a lot of success with that, whatever. Um, however, animal magnetism, like, the invisible liquid thing, I have to cut them a little slack, because they probably just figured out what a brain looked like, and we're like... But what's it doing? <laughs> like they didn't know. They didn't necessarily. They didn't have MRIs. How are they supposed to know that that was a thinky thinky bits? It doesn't look like it's doing anything. It's just so slimy. It's so slimy. The only one of those that actively looks like it's doing much of anything is the heart. And by the time you've seen it, things are not going well for you. <laughs> so, um, so so he thought that. Basically, the invisible liquid was the thing that caused all diseases and could also fix all diseases. Um, he believed that any disease or illness was no big thing. It was just a blockage in the invisible liquid. And overcoming these obstacles or blockages and restoring flow produced what he called crises. 
Okay. Bad, bad word for it. Mm-hmm. But he called them crises, which restored health and balance. When this didn't just happen naturally, a conductor of animal magnetism could come in and sort your shit out. Um, for instance, it, it was sort of like this like cures like bullshit that we see in homeopathy. So he thought, um, for instance, if somebody suffered from mental illness, that you had to cause a fit of madness to cure them. He had thoughts. Uh, okay. I mean, it's so, sort of like you know, you know. I'm going to give him credit. Sometimes when like I'm in a depressive episode and anxiety comes around, it's like, well, this is a nice break. It's a nice change of pace. <laughs> it's sort of like somebody going to me, "Hey, you have IBS. Have you tried Chipotle?" <laughs> no, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> you want a real crisis? A real crisis. Try Taco Bell. Um, So crises in Mesmer's model resembled violent convulsions, hiccups, sobs, spitting, fainting, fits of laughter, or piercing screams. Oh, that could be caused by so many things, and so many of them are bad. But, But, Ren, don't you know that feeling when you have really bad cramps and you just start screaming and then it's fine? No. I don't know that feeling. How are you doing menstruation? Uh, I haven't had a menstrual cycle in 10 years. So. Mazel tov. Anyway, uh, even these though- are the <laughs> shit, y'all! <laughs> even though animal magnetism used magnets to move stuff around in the beginning, Mesmer eventually abandoned the magnets thing after deciding that a person with particularly strong magnetism, such as himself, obviously- could achieve the same effect by laying hands on or passing his hands over a patient's body. Okay, so this is just getting into energy work shit. A little bit. Like, kind of like, you kind of said chi, and I was listening to something talk about, like, Reiki, like, just energy work stuff. But they're like, we're men of science, we can't call it that. Oh, Um, yeah, yeah. But but we'll, we'll go into it. This, like, blossoms into a whole bunch of different shit. Um... But but what does this process look like? What what is the process of curing someone with, with animal magnetism look like? With individual patients, he would sit in front. I want you to visualize this. Close your eyes. Go into your mind palace. There is a man in a lilac silk coat. I, I don't, don't know like why that. every article mentioned the lilac silk coat. Actually, I will say that sounds dapper as shit. It is dapper as shit. Close your eyes again. Uh, he would sit in front of the patient with his knees touching the patient's knees, pressing the patient's thumbs, and staring expressionlessly into the patient's eyes. He would then wave his hands or a wand over the patient's arms. He then poked the patient's abdomen, sometimes holding his hands there for hours. That too close. I would fucking murder this man. That, that way too close. That oh. mm, 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 mm. the thumb things is weird. The thumb things is weird. I mean, I was watching. <clears throat> I got into a new YouTube channel. Um, this chick named uh, Mickey Atkins, and she's an mm-hmm. LCSW, and she d- talks about like she's like a therapist reacts to therapy memes, and she's like totally. She's great. Mm-hmm. She's like totally killer. She's on the ball. Um, but she also was doing, um, like reacting to therapy and like film and TV. Mm-hmm. And she was, it was, 
it was like a clip from, I think it was Grey's Anatomy. Sure. And the therapist and the patient were literally sitting knee to knee while the patient was talking about whatever he was talking, some sort of childhood thing. And the, the therapist leans in and again, already knee to knee. He's like, it's trauma. You have trauma from your childhood. You just don't know it's trauma. And first of all, like, you don't know it's trauma. Um, but I'll, hey. back up. Back the fuck up. Personal space. Personal space. Personal Thank space. you. Was your wide lens on vacation? I, I mean, it's Grey's Anatomy. Like, That's they barely true. know medicine. That's true. But they know fucking. So anyway, uh, <laughs> many of Mesmer's patients felt weird sensations or they had convulsions that were regarded as crises. So they felt that he was curing them. I mean, I would also like have a fucking convulsion and scream to get away from this dude. Crisis! Yeah. I'm so, I'm cured! Yep, yep, yep. I think that that's essentially what was happening. Mesmer would often conclude his treatments by playing some music on a glass harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> which is not which is not a harmonica made of glass. It's one of those setups where it's like it's somehow worse. It's it's one of those setups where it's this big range of like different glasses and you run your fingers around the rims and it makes like these weird theremin noises. Yeah, it's like the lady in a miscongeniality. Sure. Sandra Bullock does a whole concert with like playing oh, wine yeah. glasses. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, you have this dude stare at you and feel up your arms and stomach for like three hours. And then mm -hmm. he plays you like Claire de Lune on some wine glasses and <laughs> pieces out. I don't even know if Claire de Lune had been written yet. I don't know what had been written yet. It was just Green Sleeves. Yeah. That's that the was the only, only song. song. In 1775, Mesmer gave an opinion before the Munich Academy of Sciences on the prolific exorcist Johann Joseph Gassner. I don't know why I'm bringing up his name. We're never going to talk about him after this paragraph. Mesmer said that while Gassner was sincere in his beliefs, his cures, his exorcisms were successful, not because of Jesus, but because Gassner himself possessed a high degree of animal magnetism. Sure. I Sure. It's not Jesus. It's the other invisible thing. And I know, I know, I know, listeners, that animal magnetism, like, the way he used it was not referring to, like, a sexy thing, but it's pretty inescapable, like, the way that these treatments looked and the way it was treated by everybody, that it was sort of, like, underlying tone of, like, it's kind of a sexy thing. I mean, humans make a lot of things that aren't sexy sexy, but yeah. this definitely sounds like something that was already kind of like, yeah, like, if you're, like, super manly or, like, super hot or whatever, like, you have a lot of, uh, magnetism. <laughs> I am going to try my best to... No, I'm, it's not gonna let me copy-paste pictures from Google Docs. I don't know what to tell you. I'm just going to turn you around and show you a contemporary uh woodcut of what somebody decided that this was. Ah, uh, uh, <laughs> can you describe this picture, Ren? Yes, it's um a widow woman from like a 17th century painting. It's like the same fucking lady that's in all of them. Um, 
and a dude standing in front of her in what I assume has to be a lilac coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his fingers have like strings. He's kind of Spider Maning her. Yeah, it's like a mixture of like Spider Man or like like very Pinocchio. I got no strings to hold me down. Um, yeah, like at her face and her boobs. Yeah, it's um, real weird. I don't care for it. She doesn't look happy about it. No. She looks like I would feel about it. No. Mm-mm. So, understandably, a lot of doctors thought that Mesmer was full of shit. He tried to demonstrate how good and real animal magnetism was uh, to reputable physician Jan Ingenhaus. I, that's one that I'm pretty confident in that pronunciation. Sure. I get one per episode. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, he used longtime patient Francisca Osterlin, that poor blistered woman with supposed hysteria who married his stepson. And Ingenhouse was like, dude, I feel like she's just real suggestible. And Mesmer was like, why would you ever think that? And Ingenhouse was like, uh, cause I hit a bunch of magnets around the room and she's not responding to any of those. It is only responding to the stuff that you already told her is a magnet. Yeah. That, mm. And Mesmer was like, me? Uh, so Ingenhouse was like, mm, okay, I'm going to denounce you publicly now. I would never I would lie. never. The, like, he definitely thought that this was real. So he like... He thought it. He believed he he was buying his own shit. He was mm. getting high on his own supply of uh, animal magnetism. Mm-mm. I mean, if you're going to do a grift, you can't be grifted by your own grift. I mean, I guess it's sort of like how some cult leaders really believe in themselves. It kind of was a cult, if you think about it. I mean, who doesn't want to be in charge of a cult someday? After Mesmer failed to cure <laughs> blind piano prodigy Maria Theresa von Paradis in 1778, Viennese doctors ramped up their accusations of fraud. According to Mental Floss, quote, According to some accounts, Paradis was able to see when Mesmer was in the room, but went blind again when he left. She was apparently so emotionally affected by all of this that she reportedly lost the ability to play piano for a little while. When word got out that Mesmer had not cured her as he claimed. There were also some reports of inappropriate touching. A scandal <laughs> erupted. Just, just slide that under the rug. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A scandal erupted, and Mesmer fled to Paris in 1778. First, everyone flees to Paris. Everyone flees to Paris. Second, you, um, no man should ever affect you so much that you literally no. go blind when he leaves a room. And you lose the ability to do your basic skills. Like, well, he your- was blind before. Before he came, she was. Nope, those are all wrong pronouns. <laughs> she was blind before he came in the room, but she became blind again when he left. Like, no, 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 no. That pit yes. man has too much power over you. He absolutely yeah. not. Um, Mesmer predictably made boatloads of money peddling his horny theories there, and he got to hang out with Mozart a bunch. By 1780. Peddling horny theories. Uh-huh. That's definitely something that I wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, wink. Um, touching thighs, touching abdomens, rubbing his arms on other ladies' arms. Anyway, by 1780, Mesmer had more patients than he could treat individually. I originally wrote 
200 a day, because that's what Mental Floss said, but then National Geographic was like, as many as 20 a day, which is a big difference. I feel like a zero got lost in translation one way or another. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, regardless, he gave himself, uh, to give himself a break, he established a collective treatment known as the banquette. So this is an offshoot of his idea. He likes to use words that we use for other things in connotations that are wrong. Yeah, I was like, I mean, like, you mean like, like a banquet? Like you eat food? Like everyone needs food? That's how, that's how it's, maybe it's banquet? I think banquette is also a, kind of furniture but i feel like food is connected to that furniture uh, yeah, yeah. so this was an offshoot of his idea that magnetism could be transferred to inanimate objects so he would wave his hands over bottles of water thus magnetizing them and then he'd put the bottles in a tub filled with water in a layer of metal fillings and then these rods would poke out of the top and you were supposed to touch your wonky body part with the iron rod like you do. It's a weird-looking thing. I'm going to show you a picture of it. Yeah. Um. That is not what I thought it would look like. It looks like a snare drum that's been mauled by sticks. It looked like a spider who wished it was a keg. Aw. Poor spider. Yeah, no, I don't know what that thing was supposed to do, it's not but good. it's unholy. It's not good. It's not anything that I would put my wonky body part on. Mm. So there's a picture of it. Um, then Mesmer would direct the magnet. Once everybody was hooked up to this banquet or backwit or whatever, um, he would direct the magnetism by walking around the tub and touching his patients on their abdomens and inner thighs. <laughs> Oh, their inner thighs. Their inner thighs. I was going to make a duck, duck, goose joke, but, I mean, I guess you still can. It's horny duck, duck, goose. Mmm. Mmm. That def- All of this sounds like a very weird frat party. So, I'm, I'm gonna- I'm gonna paint you a word picture courtesy of Mental Floss. Descriptions of the scene in the Baquette Salon are pretty strange. The room was richly appointed- and dimly lit, the air filled with incense and weird melodies from an instrument called a glass harmonica. The afflicted sat in a circle around the baquette, hands linked, receiving a healing dose of Mesmer vibes. Mesmer, meanwhile, prowled the room, outfitted in an aristocratic wizard get-up, complete with a lavender robe and a magnetized metal wand. Patience! <laughs> Most often women were frequently seized by violent convulsions in fits of weeping or laughter, which necessitated their removal to a separate crisis room. Mesmer disappeared for long periods of time to attend to the women, which led to some raised eyebrows. Uh, this is a frat party. <laughs> this is that frat that always stinks of weed and you go in and someone, again, shirtless, wearing their Harry Potter robe from Hall the Halloween party, and they're all eating brownies in a circle, crying about their feelings. That's what this is. See, I was going to say, this sounds like what I thought Scientology was. Nah, Scientology is way too is way more preppy than that. Mm. It's a little bit more, more straight-laced, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, straight-laced in their, like, abuse and 
whatever. Um, but no, this I, I swear to you, I've been to this frat house. I ah. swear to you, I have absolutely wandered around VCU campus and went into a a, a brownstone and like this whole scene was in the incense, right? Like the teased? the ladies like just vibing. The dude going off with one of them into a back room for a couple hours, like that. I have been to that. I have, I have been to that house party. Were you seized with fits of weeping? No, I hadn't gotten to the jungle juice yet. Uh, um. Mm. Mm. So it looks like Mesmer probably was actually hypnotizing some people with this weird shit purposefully or not um and that's probably what they were getting out of it so it wasn't like nothing was happening but it wasn't causing like internal fluid tides he was just basically making them so relaxed and weirded out that they just went into sort of this hypnotic state mm-hmm. so it's like going to the wellness spa and accidentally getting stoned out of your mind yeah but basically he's considered the father of hypnotism mm. In his first years in Paris, Mesmer tried and failed repeatedly to get the Royal Academy of Sciences and the Royal Society of Medicine to provide any kind of thumbs up for his animal magnetism theory. Parisian doctors were pretty suspicious of him, but he did find this one well-regarded doctor, Charles Delson, who probably Charles Delson, 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 who became a disciple of his. In 1779... Yeah, because he hypnotized him. Yes. Yes. He got him stoned. That will... That'll do it. Mm-hmm. In 1779, with Delson's encouragement, Mesmer wrote an 88-page book with a long French name where he really outlined his theory through his famous 27 propositions, clearly so famous I could not find them anywhere and I was not willing to read the book. Fair enough. Mesmer made absolute buckets of money running uh, his baquette. I think we decided it was weird, horny summer camp for his weird, horny summer camp and attending private parties, often of upper class women. The ladies would convulse, scream and faint as Mesmer waved his hands over them or touched them. So I think that they would have him sort of like. Sort of like how some very, very weird suburban moms are like, I'm going to have a party and secretly invite like a dildo salesman over and it like becomes this weird sort of Avon party except for with vibrators. Yeah, I mean, that's like an MLM that's yeah. uh, it, it definitely sells dildos, which like I ain't buying any of that shit. I mean, what it, what it sounds like is that this dude was like had these ladies in a circle and was just like fucking smoking out the room and then finger blasting them and they yeah. were like Whoa, I've been cured <laughs> um, around this time I, I'm including this for no reason other than I just found it delightful around this time then American president John Adams called Mesmer's practice a kind of physical new light or witchcraft mm-hmm either or Either or. It's also fun to think that, like, the United States of America still occupied a time where we were seriously considering witchcraft. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, America is built on fucking weird-ass Puritans, and uh, and, and they're just hating literally anything good in the world and wanting everyone to suffer. Yeah. America. The foundation. America. Some of those American vibes... 
were like clearly occupying Paris because the Parisian doctors were very suspicious and were like, wait a minute, that's horny. Gas. You go to horny things. jail. You go to horny jail, sir. In 1784, King Louis, whichever number, Marie Antoinette's husband. Ah. XVI. 26, Louis the, 16th. no, 16th, yes, thank you. Thank you, we got, he, we got there together. It's mm, a joint effort. Louis the 16th became worried because of two things. First of all, Mesmer was like, freedom is important to health, and I think that this should be a country of sovereign citizens. To which... Louis was like, sounds like commie bullshit to me. <laughs> and secondly, Marie Antoinette was being treated by and or fucking Mesmer. Yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. the tracks. So he was displeased. He appointed a commission of scientists and physicians to investigate Mesmer's methods, including, fucking bizarrely, the guy who invented the guillotine and future podcast subject, Benjamin Franklin. Oh, yeah, that's... Okay. What a meeting of the minds. Yeah. In the room where it happened, the room where it happened. <laughs> the commission conducted a series of experiments aimed not at determining whether Mesmer's treatment worked, but whether he had actually discovered a new invisible fluid. So the thing that he definitely oh, did yeah. do. Oh, yeah, that's the debate here. Is like, that's the debate. That soggy stuff, like... Something, one of those things has to be a thing, right? <laughs> Some of that gushiness has to be important. <laughs> Critical gushiness. Um, the commission concluded that there was no evidence for such a fluid. Gasp. Um, whatever benefit the treatment produced was attributed to imagination. Though it should be noted that they were like, I mean... He's doing something, but it definitely doesn't have to do with fluid, which we know because we can neither see nor smell it. Counterpoint, it's invisible. Oh, owned. But they were weirdly <laughs> specific about the not being able to smell it. I think they were like, well, we can all agree that invisible liquid makes sense, but not a smell-free liquid. Mm. Maybe it's just Iocane powder. I'm trying to think of a pun. It's escaping me. Ah, uh, it's all right. It's Can't. very late as we are recording, dear listeners. I mean, okay, so they're like, all right, so, like, there is a lot of goosh, but we can't smell the goosh, so it's fake. But he's doing something, wink, wink, that's clearly doing something. Well, like, he even put them under, apparently. Like, this, there were extensive, extensive, extensive tests and stuff. It's, it, after a certain point, it just sounded like they were having fun with it. Um, I mean, yeah, they were all smoking peyote together. True. <laughs> but uh, the, the Franklin Commission's investigation actually led to the creation of or possibly a rise of, depending on which source you look at, the double-blind study. Huh, so in the in that the, is science. In one episode, we got both hypnotism and the double-blind study. History's so fucking weird. We're such nerds. Something. 
Yeah. Uh, Mesmer was driven into exile soon after the investigations on animal magnetism, although some people continued following his methods for years. I'm now going to show you the last image. All right. So what we have here is Benjamin Franklin showing a scroll that says you are a fraud to Franz Mesmer, but he has goat legs and is accompanied by an owl with bat wings and he's flying away on a broom as Lady Liberty is blindfolded, seemingly having an orgasm while being smoked out by a child. Uh-huh, that's, yep, you described that pretty on point. Though, honestly, the owl with bat wings is fucking adorable, and I the want The owl one. with bat wings, I would die for him. Ugh, he's so great. He's very uh. good. <laughs> we have weird taste. So, I mean, I guess that was... I don't. I can't tell if they just like did not know what shit looked like back then, or if. Oh no, no, no. that's Renaissance art when they were that, like, mm. "Uh, hmm, what do babies look like? Little ass men, just little ass six pack dudes." <laughs> oh boy. Mesmer continued to practice in Switzerland for a number of years and died in 1815 in Meersburg, but. Let's talk about the legacy of Mesmer and animal magnetism, because it, it really is all over the place, like I was alluding to. According to the University of Pittsburgh's Health Library, animal magnetism, though completely forgotten today, not completely, I'm doing a podcast on it, Get it Together Pittsburgh, um, influenced the future research. The most important stream, psychological, stemming from the discovery of magnetic sleep, paved the way for research in psychotherapy through the works of Braid, Liebolt, Charcot, and Freud. Eh. The followers in the medical stream pursue Mesmer's interest in healing. They also use animal magnetism as anesthetic for surgery. Uh Yes, motherfucking surgery. I will get to that in a moment. In the third stream, parapsychological... Nope. Parapsychological, influenced by the Romantic philosophy, led to experimentation with magnetic magic, paranormal phenomena, synambulism, and eventually spread spiritualism. So this developed anesthesia. Anesthesia. I'll get to that. Anesthesia and psychotherapy, but also spiritualism kind of all came from the same thing. It's always, it's never good when the path you take eventually ends up at Freud. Mm. That's never a good place. Mm. And also like, oh yeah, like we'll definitely cut this guy's leg off. We'll just, you know, get some incense in here and uh, stick him with a magnet. Am I wearing a lilac enough coat? Mm. Who's dressed like a wizard? (laughs) While there were reports within Mesmer's lifetime of his techniques being used to control pain, the first reported use of mesmerism in surgery occurred in Paris in 1829. There, a surgeon removed a tumor from a woman's breast. The operation took 10 minutes. The lady was fine, but she remained in a mesmeric state for two days. Which seems like a long time, and then just didn't remember any of it. Nah, I'm good. So that's Franz Mesmer. Mm. Hmm. I mean, yeah, I knew 
mesmer in mesmerism in spiritualism because mm-hmm. spiritualism is just like one of my favorite fun topics oh, yeah. right now. Like obviously, oh, yeah. uh, listeners, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna be my very first time being a dungeon master uh, for a homebrew D and D game for for the game Dungeons and Dragons, not for BDSM. Yes, t- very different dungeon master. Yes. Um. But it's based on, like, spiritualism and Harry Houdini, because I just love this time period. I think it's just a fucking, it's just so fucking interesting. I also love that it coincides with, like, you you get that Victorian sentiment, because they were also like, oh, dear God, like, human emotions, (laughs) and, like, wah, but also- stop. Let's, like, smoke everyone out and, like, go talk to ghosts and shit. It was a cool, it's a weird time. It's a weird time, but a lot of interesting things happen. Obviously, a lot of grifts happen. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize that. Uh, I didn't. I, Mesmer's uh, interesting. He's definitely not quite what I expected. Out of I was, curiosity, yeah, what were you expecting? Well, again, I know mesmerism connected to spiritualism. I was expecting like full on grifter, just like making shit up out of his ass, like. Like, you know, very like, yeah, it, it works. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. It yeah. sure does. Finger guns. Um, not like a dude high on his own supply. Like, not a dude who legitimately thought this was a science as he, like, you know, fucking rubbed ladies out in his living room. In the At the end of the day, he really was just a well-intentioned, nasty boy who didn't understand magnets. But I mean, who among us? Who among us? <laughs> So on that note, uh, let's get ourselves a self-care plan. Okay, so you know how we try to theme these? Are magnets involved? I tried to do hypnosis self-care. I did not get very far. Hmm. Shock. Point one. Shocked Pikachu face. (laughs) And yet, here are my four suggestions. Uh, don't let a stranger hypnotize you online. I really shouldn't have to tell you that, but don't do it. Yeah, just don't. 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 Two, hypnosis conducted by a trained therapist or healthcare professional is considered safe and uh, a potential complement or alternative to medical treatments. However, hypnosis may not be appropriate for you. Include or for people with certain conditions, including mental illness. So consider talking to an actual doctor who doesn't believe in humors about it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and be and be careful if the person who wants to put you under hypnotism is really interested in like the satanic undergoings at your preschool, because um, that can ooh. lead to some bad stuff. We'll get to that in another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can apparently hypnotize yourself. Consider not doing so. And finally, if a doctor is trying to cause you to scream and shake by rubbing your abdomen and inner thighs, that's not a doctor. <laughs> doctor, doctor, tell me the news. I got a mad case of loving you. Um, That is the beginning of a lot of porn, though. So Yes. You know. Yeah, that's not a doctor. You're just in a porn. <laughs> So either, like, exit stage left or, oh, yeah, that's what you intended to be doing there. Get money, get paid. Get money, get paid. (laughs) (sighs) Well. I 
certainly do not want to hypnotize myself. But I think I do. But I think that's called neural divergence when, like, I'm on TikTok and I keep scrolling. Yes. Like, that could be a form of hypnotism. I'm like, yes, tell me more about animals. Let's go. (laughs) I want to see a parakeet sing the national anthem. Why else would I be on this app? (laughs) What else is the internet for? That's going to be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, you should check us out on this fnguypod.com. Uh, our Patreon and Twitter are also this fnguypod. Uh, we have a lot of dank memes on Facebook mm. at this fucking guy. We are still up and have yet to be shut down for like the fourth time. So check us out. We're doing for great. now. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this far in the future and we have been shut down, then well. Keep it to well, yourself. We'll get back. We'll, we always we'll get back. back up on our feet. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. You, you get zucked. It happens. As always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self-care tip. Don't read the comments section. And don't be this fucking guy. Peace. This fucking